if you're able-bodied, if you can stand, why don't you bless his name? Well, as he been good to you. Bless his name. Let everybody come in. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come in. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come in. Bless his name. Bless his name. to be in the house of the Lord this morning. He's worthy of all my praise. Amen. Welcome to Hope Community Church. It's good to have everyone in the house of the Lord with us this morning. We've got a few announcements. We're going to go ahead and take up our offering. On Saturday the 17th, we have a church work day. Amen. We need to get the field cleaned up for the pumpkin patch. Bring your weed eaters, bring whatever tools you have to clean up yards. On September 25th, it is Baby Dedication Sunday. If you want your baby dedicated, let Pastor or Sister Whitaker know. And we will dedicate those babies to the Lord. Amen. On, from October 16th to October 29th, from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., we are having Hope Fall Days, our pumpkin patch. Um, we need a lot of help uh, with that. It's a great outlet to reach our community. If you'd like to help with this, please see Sister Susanna or Sister Whitaker. And then on October 22nd, as a part of our Hope Fall Days, we are going to have our fall festival. That's where we're all going to come together, our last hurrah. And then... Um, on October 23rd, we have All Nation Sunday. And if you'd like to sign up to represent a nation, please see Sister Lauren and or sign up on Wednesday. We'll have a sign-up sheet. And if you didn't get all that because it was a lot, we have our announcements flashing on the screen before and after service. So you can get all that information or see Sister Lauren. She knows all about all that. Amen. Praise the Lord. I guess we already took up our offering. Lord, bless it. Bless the remainder of the service. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hallelujah. Why don't you lift your voice to the Lord? Hallelujah. Come on, let's do that together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Aren't you thankful for the saving name this morning? Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the blood that washes us white as snow? Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessing and honor and glory and power. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, you have a need in the house. Won't you lift your hand? Lift your hands up to the Lord and you petition Him right now for that need. In the name of Jesus, you see every need in this place, Lord. We pray, God, right now that your perfect will would be accomplished. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let your voice be lifted. Come on, let's worship Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout to the Lord for the voice of triumph this morning. He's worthy of all praise. He's worthy of every bit of it. Hallelujah, Jesus, we honor you today. We come to bless you. We come to worship you. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty God, mighty God. It's always good to receive a blessing from the Lord, but you know what? I think we gather together on Sunday mornings to give praise to Him, don't we? We, get, we want to bless you, Lord, for the life that you've allowed us to receive, for the blessings that you've already poured out this week. We come to say thank you. We come to appreciate the, the glory of God, the mercies of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We want you to be blessed today. We want to worship you. Hallelujah. We want to honor you. In the name of Jesus. Well, that's all right. Sing your own song. Worship with your own words here.
praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He's worthy of all praise. Somebody said amen. I believe that is the truth. He's worthy of more than we can give. Hallelujah. If we gave everything we had, we wouldn't even scratch the surface of reaching him and reaching the worthiness of the glory that he is due. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There is a deficit of praise, I'm telling you. There's a deficit that there is no way we can repay. There is no words. There is no, there's no action that we can give that would even come close. The Bible says to, to worship Him and praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Father, there's no way that we could come even close. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I believe that's one of the reasons why the Lord gives us the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because He gives us words to speak. We speak in the language by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praying in the Spirit. Worshiping in the Holy Spirit. Worshiping in tongue. It comes from the Father. Hallelujah. We have no words, I pray. Give us the words to praise You that are worthy out of us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Genesis chapter 1. Come on, that's all right. Let, let him have a little more. Hallelujah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and it was void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And that same Spirit of God, that self-governing, sovereign Spirit of the one true living God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray the Father, hallelujah, right now. Your spirit, that same spirit that spoke light into darkness. Manifest yourself right here, right now. Oh, hallelujah. Let the glory of God be manifest. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated. 
Jesus embodied that spirit of God that we see written about in Genesis. That same Father, God's Spirit, that spoke light into darkness and created all of the heavens and the earth was invisible for thousands of years. He was unseen and not able to be seen at all. The only way we could get a glimpse of God was through manifestations of physical evidence. The burning bush, a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud, the smoke filling the tabernacle and different times. Moses even asked, he says, you know what? I, I really, this is really cool having conversation with you, Father, but I wish that I could behold you. I want to see you. I, 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 want, I wish there was an image that I could behold. And God said, I'm sorry, but you can't see the fullness of the glory of that spirit just yet it's not time yet but there came a day as the scripture prophesied and the prophets foretold that there would come a day when the glory of the Lord would manifest itself and the Gentiles and every nation and every eye would be able to see the glory of God and when that glory of the Lord was manifest in that child in Bethlehem the angels rejoiced the Gentiles traveled far and they saw the glory of that spirit in the body of Jesus. Hallelujah. And, and now we understand that that great mystery, the mystery of the invisible God, the mystery of how God was going to manifest his glory to the world was no longer a mystery as Paul declared because he hath now manifested himself in that body of Jesus. And we now, when we see Jesus, we behold the, the very image of that invisible God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ became the image of God, the human being that housed that spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm thankful to understand, and I'm thankful to have the revelation of the oneness of God in Jesus. That, it, that he was not part of a Godhead, but that the fullness of the Godhead was in him. Hallelujah. When you've seen me, he said, hey, you have seen the Father. It is not I that do the works, but the Father that is in me. And they said, show us the Father. He said, have I not been with you so long that you don't know who I am? When you see me, he said, you have seen the Father. Jesus Christ was the body of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an incredible manifestation, an incredible revelation that the Lord allowed us to see. He said, I don't want you to make any graven images. There is not going to be any graven image that you can make. He told Israel, for thousands of years, do not carve anything. Don't make anything out of wood or, or, or gold. Do not try to, uh, to uh, imagine me in any way. You worship me invisible. But one day he gave us an image. <laughs> and in name, hallelujah. He said, hey, in that day, there's going to be an image. There's going to be a new name. I'm going to give myself a name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. And we see that now. We see and we understand now the revelation that we have as, as New Testament believers that Jesus Christ became, he was the body of Christ. Jesus was the body. Hallelujah. That it housed that, that powerful spirit of God. His ministry began with a big flash, the wedding party. I'm sure you all know it, where he turned water to wine. Everyone wanted to be a part of this. Jesus was the life of the party. 
Hallelujah. Everywhere after that, boy, he started walking around and people started following him around. He began to heal the sick. He would walk into places where the lame were. They would all of a sudden get up and walk. Blinded eyes began to open. People began to talk about this Jesus who was walking among them. And some of them even had the revelation early. And they said, we know who you are. Thou art the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one that was prophesied about. Others were not so clear. And he had to come and explain a little more. But uh, he would walk around and he began as the, as the crowds began to gather around him. And he, he would feed the multitude. Then they would come back the next day. And he says, I know what you're looking for. You're looking for another barbecue plate dinner. Hallelujah. You're looking for more fish and chips. <laughs> he says, but let me preach to you now. See, we, see we, 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 we invite people to come for food. He did the same thing. It's a bait and a switch, though. He, he did the same thing. He says, I'll feed them all today, and I'll preach it to them hard tomorrow. Hallelujah. And he did. He preached it hard the next day. In fact, he called them right out. He said, you wouldn't have been here if I didn't feed you yesterday. You're only following me because I'm the life of the party. You're only following me because I blessed you yesterday. But what if I start telling you need to change, you needed to repent, and you need to walk a different direction? And they sort of, they, they would go away, and, and then they would come back again. Uh, he would stand there. Can you imagine on the, the, the uh, when he be, began to preach the Beatitudes on the mountaintops? Standing there with thousands and, and, and uh, contemplating and expounding on the kingdom God concepts. What a great service. What a great church that they were having. Hallelujah. Some of the words that he spoke were offensive, but many still followed him. Some turned away, but some others stayed. He was feeding the hunger that was in their hearts as well as their bellies. The hunger for something real. These people who were following him, even though he offended them sometimes with his strange teaching, they followed him because they were hungry for something real and they could see that in him he was not just another uh, prophet. He was something more. There was something that he spoke, that he, he really was the truth, the way, and the life. He really was the words that he spoke really were ministering to that hunger in the spirit of these men and women. Many followed. Even some were turned away by the hard preaching, but some wanted to follow him when they counted it. They even, even after they counted the cost, but there was others who, when they counted the cost, decided it was too much, too great a cost. So even with all the miracles that were happening with the body of Christ, even with everything that was going on, the great preaching that was happening, there were some that said, you know what, this is not for me. I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to follow him. He's asking too much. Praise the Lord. But for others, his message of hope was too hard to resist. They brought, he brought hope to the hopeless. He brought life to the dead. He brought hope of a liberated kingdom. He brought hope that he would one day restore the kingdom of David, restore the law. But better than that, he promised that the Spirit would come again, just like it was in the Old Testament. He began to speak, you know what? There's coming a day when the Spirit of God is going to come upon you. I'm with you now, but there's going to be a Spirit that's going to come with you. These People would come to him and press the crowd, the woman with the 
issue of blood. She, she, uh, she needed a cure. The doctor said there was no cure. But she touched him and she was healed of her infirmity. Lepers were healed. Adulterers were uh, forgiven. and Sinners were given hope. Gentiles received miracles. Many times Jesus had to sneak away into private company just so he could pray alone or just so he could have conversation with those 12 disciples who he needed to hand the baton of this great message off to as he was going to depart soon. But so there was times he had to hide from the crowds and the masses. They didn't know who he was at first. They were confused about the Father and the Son, the deity and the flesh. One moment they saw him raise the dead, and the next moment they witnessed the frailty of the flesh as Jesus prayed. They were like, I wonder who this is. One moment he's acting like the Father, and the next moment he's acting like one of us. And so they began to speak. Uh, he began to speak about the resurrection at one moment while he was going to be resurrected. And then he, they saw him fatigued and weak as his flesh grew weak. They witnessed firsthand the inconsistency of the flesh of the Messiah. Again, let me explain. Oh, it started with a big bang, big flash, turning water to wine, walking on the water. Let me show you what I can do. But then they began to see the frailty of flesh, inconsistencies, and that's what got them confused. They saw his temptations, his weakness, but then his words came out. His actions gave them a filtered revelation of the one God in Christ, and then they began to have hope again. But then everything went wrong for them. Their Messiah, the one who he had already proclaimed to them that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am the image of the invisible God. I am he that was before and I am he that am now. I am the door. I am the one. I am, he said. I am. He said it over and over again until they finally got it. When he was saying that I am the I am, he was actually referring to the spirit of the living God that created heaven and earth he says i am him i'm the one hallelujah oh they stood just like you i'm sure as he proclaimed that and they said yes amen but then something happened this god was taken into captivity he was beaten before them. He was ripped to shreds. They spat upon him. They mocked him. They lied about him. He said nothing. He did not defend himself. He did not call fire from heaven. He just stood there and took it like a weakling. The Bible says so. It prophesied. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. No power at all, seemingly. They convicted him and sentenced his flesh to die. They stripped him of his clothes and left him naked. They shamed him. They embarrassed him as they exposed him. And then they nailed him to the cross. Some declared at that moment, if he is the son of God, then let him bring himself down from there. Confused, can you imagine? 
I can't even imagine. They followed this man, gave up their lives to follow him, and then they realized maybe he's just flesh like us. Maybe there is not perfection here. They got confused. In the weakest moment of the flesh of Jesus, as he hung on the cross, the Spirit departed, left. This flesh ripped to pieces, once sinless, now full of sin, hanging lifeless on a tree, cursed unto death. If there was ever a moment when we beheld the flesh of Christ in its fullness, it was here. While his body hung lifeless between heaven and earth and the spirit that once dwelled in him had departed, there we beheld simply a lamb slain. It was here that the body of Christ was at its worst moment. No water being turned to wine, no dead being raised, no blinded, no cheers and amens from the amen corner, no, just silence. What in the world just happened? The glory departed, the miraculous forgotten. Something that caught my attention here, I want to talk to you about this morning. In Mark chapter 15 and verse number 42 We find this amazing scripture. We were blessed to be a part of a men's conference this weekend. And Brother Charles Johnson uh, preached about what it means to be called a saint. To be a good saint. And I was reminded as he was preaching uh, Friday and yesterday morning about this scripture. And if there were any people, any certain group of individuals who I could look at in the Bible and say, you know what? These folks represented great and faithful saints of God. It was here in Mark. So I want to learn here uh, again, if, um, if the church, if everybody in the church were just like you, what kind of church would this church be? I didn't say that quite right, but you know what I mean. Think about that. If everybody acted like me, what kind of church would this church be? Well, here's a good example of great faithful saints. Mark 15 and 42. And now, this is now when Jesus was hanging on Calvary. He was dead, long dead, gone. All of the disciples had departed. Everybody left. The show was over. His life was over. Ministry was over. The church had shut the doors. It was done. And when this was even was come, because it was the preparation that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which which also waited for the kingdom of God, follower of Jesus, came and went in boldly to Pilate And the King James says that he craved the body of Jesus. 
What's that mean? It means that he prayed for it. He earnestly contended with Pilate. I am desiring to have it. He demanded it. He would not leave without it. Uh, it was more than just some passing request. Uh, the King James uses this, this Greek word craved is a very desperate plea. And Pilate was so confused. He said, I, he wondered, he said, I don't understand. You want the body of Jesus? Isn't he dead? Why in the world would you want to have the dead body of this flesh? And so he was so concerned, he asked the centurion. He said, send me that centurion. And he asked the centurion, isn't this man Jesus dead? And he confirmed it. He said, yes, he's dead. And Pilate was like, I don't know what you're going to do with it. But yeah, take it. It's yours. Verse 45, and when he knew of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he bought, here's a Joseph did. Joseph bought fine linen and took the body of Christ down off the cross and wrapped him in linen and laid him in the sepulcher, which was honed out of a rock, and rolled the stone in front of the sepulcher. And then Mary and Magda, Mary of Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, beheld where he was laid. And chapter next chapter, verse 1, And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary and Mary came back, the mother of Jesus, and Salome, and bought sweet spices. that they might come and anoint him. Uh, now, we understand that Nicodemus was also there. Mark leaves him out. But John lets us know that Joseph and Nicodemus both were the saints that came and handled the dead body of Christ. And I want to make a note here that in the body of Christ's worst moment, they didn't leave the body. While it was ripped to shreds, literally became a rotting corpse, no more hope, absolutely not. The flesh of Jesus was more known now than ever before. The frailty of humanity was now visible like nothing else. There was no glory to be seen of the Father at all. It was just a dead body. They still did not leave the body of Christ. came here to tell somebody this morning, never leave the body of Christ. The church is still the body of Christ. Here, here's what 2 Corinthians says, for God, here's what Paul said, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined into your hearts. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, you know, the God of Genesis 1 who spoke light into darkness, he created all of heaven and earth, that spirit of God that moved over and brooded over humanity and, and gave us life. That same God who was dwelt inside of Jesus, that same spirit who, 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 who sh has shined in your hearts. And given you the light of the knowledge of the glory. Here's what he's saying. The glory of the Father was in the face of Jesus 
He's, tra- he's explaining here the same thing I was earlier, that, that all the fullness of the Godhead, all the glory of the Father was wrapped up in Jesus. When you saw the face of Jesus, you beheld the fullness of the glory of God. And he the, told the Corinthian church, you got that? You have that image? Now watch this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. No, no, we don't do anything here. We are flesh. If there's anything to be gloried, if there's anything that we do right, understand it's all about the spirit that dwells in us. We are, now we, that's the spirit. If there's any glory, the spirit gets all the credit. Now watch this. He says, but, but we know we're flesh, too. And this is what happens. He says, we are troubled on every side. We, yet we're not distressed, even though our flesh is troubled. The spirit does not allow us to be distressed. Even though we're persecuted in the flesh, oh, we're not forsaken. Even though our flesh may be cast down, we're not destroyed. Always bearing about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, we understand the frailty of flesh. We saw it on the cross. We understand that. And we're all the same. We all have flesh. But then we have the Spirit, too. For... For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. So he goes on and he talks about this. But my point here is when you first get into the church, when we first come into the church, maybe we're drawn by a message. Maybe there's a big flash. You come here and you have a sickness. You come to an altar and God miraculously touches you and heals your body. And you are like, wow, this is fantastic. I can't wait to come back and hear the great sermons that are going to be preached by the body of Christ. We see the miracles take place and it keeps us coming back. The transformation of our lives, the the message of hope that's being poured out. Almost like every time we come to church, man, we're just getting leveled up. There's another miracle. There's another thing that takes place in our lives. Every time we come to church, we get closer to God. Every time we come to church, every time. It doesn't even matter. Sometimes, now listen, we all have to make that decision. There are people that come to this point and and the sermon starts to get a little rough. Like, hey, you got to repent. You can't live the same old way you used to. You got to stop sinning. You got to start living right. You, if you're going to give your life to God, then He's going to call the shots. And people are like, I count the cost. I can't do it. I'm out. Okay, so whatever. You know, join the club. They walked out on Jesus too, even though He healed them too. Even though they had miracles, they still walked out on Him. People are like, boy, if we had more miracles, we could grow this church. No, no. Miracles won't keep you. I promise you that. We've all seen it. Coming right here, people have a a plague with disease and sickness their whole lives and be set free right here, and they're not here today. 
Miracles won't do it. Jesus knows that. Forgiveness won't do it. Mercy won't do it. Those things won't do it. That won't keep you. We're fed by the very words of God. If we believe in the fivefold ministry, believe that God speaks to his church through his pastors and evangelists, then we believe that we are hearing from the Lord. Ministers lay hands upon us and we receive life and healing and different things happen for us. There is an excitement, there's a rush, and we can't wait to get back to church again. Zeal is strong. The spirit within the body of Christ is so strong that we cannot even see that the body of Christ is still made up of flesh. But one day, we begin to see the flesh of the church more than we see the other part of the church. We see the frailty and the inconsistency and the failure of the human body and the human mind and the carnal mind. And we begin to turn ourselves away from the body of Christ because the flesh is too much for us to handle. It's imperfection. And because it's imperfect, then we are turned off by it and we walk away from the body. Here's what he goes in 1 Corinthians, first number one. He says, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. What's he talking about? And base, th- and base things of this world... The things that are despised hath God chosen, yea, and all things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, whom who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he hath he that glorifieth, let him glorify in the Lord. Here says he has chosen to put His glory and His perfection and His holiness and His Spirit, that same Spirit that called light out of darkness, the same Spirit that lived in Jesus is the same Spirit that He decided to put into the weakness of flesh. Earthen vessels, clay pots, imperfect, could break easily and often do. But even though we're cast down, the Spirit of God is still in the body. So here, let me say this to you. Let's learn from these precious saints that in the body of Christ's worst moment, they didn't leave it. Even when Jesus was showing forth the frailty of His flesh, even, no matter how much flesh you see, it's still the body of Jesus. No matter how bad it begins to stink, and let me tell you that a church full of people will begin to stink. And I don't mean physically, well, maybe so, yes, physically too. But it's still the body. Even though we may be rotting corpses, and become repulsive and imperfect in every way. He has chosen 
this model and this method to put his spirit in, never leave the body of Christ. This body is still the only way out. This is something that Nicodemus and Joseph and Mary and Mary and Salome, this is something that those faithful saints realize that I don't care. Even in his weakest moment, he's still the body. He's still the truth. He's still the way. I still have faith in the plan of God to resurrect a dead world by the body of Jesus through the church of Christ. Hallelujah. Even though we're inconsistent, even though we can't get united hardly, even though we, have, we fight and we, and we argue with one another, and even though we, have a, a, we offend each other, it's still the body. It stinks sometimes. We, we have trouble. We're not perfect. Hey, somebody said this, uh, and I think it's good. You know, if you're looking for a perfect church, you just don't come here. Because as soon as you get here, it's not perfect anymore. You hear me now? People who are looking for the perfect church are usually very imperfect. Because first of all, <clears throat> nah, just Charles, Charles, uh, what's his name that preached? Johnson could say this. He's he was very rude. He's like a Jeff Arnold guy, almost. You can't fix stupid. I'm sorry if that offended you. That's the flesh. Okay. I got it. But what I'm saying is if you think that the body of Christ in, this, in, the, in his plan, in this model right here, is perfect and going to be perfect and not offensive, I can't help you. I can't help you. I, I'm sorry. I, you, I, I can't explain it any other way. But if I have not offended you yet, just keep coming. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If you have not been able to see the, oh, the pastor and his wife and their family, oh, my goodness, they're sent from heaven. No, we're struggling to be saints just like you. Hallelujah. Even though the body looks like there's no spirit left, they didn't leave it. Even though, and here's what they did. This is what I found to be so fascinating about it, is they invested into the body of Christ at its weakest moment, while everybody else ran away, they said, no, we, this is, this is the mentality. This is, come here, hear me now. Your local assembly is not where you go to church. This is your church. This is you. This is your church. If it's broke, you're in it. It's you. I wish they would. I always ask, who's they? Well, if they would do better, whatever. Who's they? You're they. You're they. Here's what Joseph and Nicodemus said. We're not going to be part of the problem. We're going to be part of the solution. 
Yeah, he stinks. Right. I'm going to go cover him up. He's got shame. I'm not going to leave him naked. I'm going to go and wrap him up. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to take care of the body when it's in its weakest moment. Hey, the church stinks. Well, then you better get some Mary and Marys out there that are going to stand and defend it and say, no, we'll cover it up with myrrh. We'll cover it up with frankincense. No, no, no. We're going to defend the body. Pilate said, why would you even defend the body? Why would you do that? It's dead. Oh, you don't understand. You don't understand. This is the body of Christ. And I'm not going to forsake it. It's done too much for me. It's brought me this far. Hey, the church body has brought me this far. I'm not walking out on it. People get all upset. UPCI or whatever. Let me tell you something. And let me just tell you, this is my personal opinion. The United Pentecostal Church International was good enough to get me saved. It's good enough to keep me saved. They ain't perfect. And why are they not perfect? Because I'm in it. If they want a perfect, if you want a perfect United Pentecostal Church, I resign my position and all of my credentials. Because it won't be perfect if I'm in it. And it won't be perfect if you're in it either. I want you to understand these people, these these lonely, faithful saints that when when the when the preacher didn't even show up, when the spirit wasn't even there. They unlocked the church. They had prayer meeting when Jesus wasn't even praying. That's faithful saints. Could you just see God up there in heaven just looking down? I could just see him weeping. They didn't leave the body. They're wrapping it up. They're caressing, they're, they're, they're handling it with kit gloves, even though, and everybody else is forsaken, and all everybody else is right, but those are the faithful saints that just won't. He had nothing more to offer them. No more miracle, no more nothing, but I'm going to take care of the body. This, if everybody in the church We're just like Joseph and Nicodemus. When somebody comes up and says, why, Pilate says, why do you want to go and sit with the hypocrites? Why do you want to go and and, and get next to that stinky body? I like what Brother Stowe said on Wednesday night, quoted it. And only he can say this, so if it offends you, blame it on him. He said, I'd rather sit in church next to a hypocrite than burn in hell next to him. I thought, man, I wish I could be that bold, Brother Stowe. Hallelujah. I just throw him under the bus. That was, hey, hey, that'll keep you saved, I'm telling you. It's harsh, and it, it is, but you know what? It's the truth. On its worst day. The church is better than a thousand days out in the world on its worst day. So we need people to defend the church body. 
I'm, I'm telling you, people come against our leadership and people and other people. I, I, something rises up inside of me. You don't want to be in the same room with me if you start talking about Brother Story or uh, Brother Bernard or somebody like that. I, I, it's something rises up inside of me. I feel like Joseph. Understand, our leaders are not perfect, and none of us are. We make mistakes all the time on a weekly basis, praise the Lord. But it's not time to leave the body. It's not time to say, you know what, I'm just out of here. You know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hitch the next ride in town. That's not how you live for God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So here's what, here, here's what you have to do. You have to defend it. When people start talking about it. Here's what you need to say. This is, this is, this is, I'm glad. We had a big crowd. I thought, man, I got the wrong message. It should be Wednesday night. I thought, no, I want the place packed and filled today. Because, you know, I always preach Wednesday night when nobody's here. <clears throat> and I think, boy, everybody ought to be here to hear this one. Well, I picked Sunday morning, praise the Lord. Because you've got to hear this, I'm telling you. This is going to keep us where we need to be. So, in when, so this is training. This is just training. Hope Community Church training. I don't know what anybody else ever taught you, but this is how we do it right here. If somebody comes to you and says, you know, I think they ought to whatever do it different, then you say, go talk to the pastor. They won't. They'll tell everybody else. Brother, this is what brother was talking about the other night. They'll tell the sister and the brother on the pew, but they'll never tell them, whoever they are. Come on. When the people, I'm telling you, when they say, well, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit has led me to, to leave but not talk to the pastor about it. I would agree that a spirit told you that. I would agree. Absolutely. Maybe a human spirit. But I don't believe for a second. Now, I'm talking about if we're preaching the doctrine. We're staying in the truth. We're not doing crazy, stupid things even though we could, because that's for flesh. But you understand what I'm saying. Even then, come and say, hey, I got a question. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Joshua and Caleb are other good examples. These, to me, they're, they're Old Testament examples of perfect saints. Joshua and Caleb came out of Egypt, and they were part of the 12 spies that went over into the promised land. Remember? And they came back, and they gave their report. And they said, we saw the Hittites, the Jebusites, and all the things. We saw the promises of God laid out before us. We have proof. They brought back they brought back proof of the promises. And they said, therefore, let us go and overtake it. For the Lord will grant us victory on every side. That's what the, that's what the word said. That's what God said. He said, when you go there and you see these ten things, overtake it and I will give you victory. I will drive them out before you. But the other half of the church, 
said, no, we don't have the faith. They showed their flesh. And you know what I believe? I just believe this. I believe Joshua and Caleb could have done it. I believe they could have said, all right, see you later. We're going to go and take the promised land. You can die out here in the wilderness. And I believe God would have given them the victory. That's what he said they would do. But Joshua and Caleb said, I'm not leaving the body. Even though I know you're wrong, this is the plan of God for us to be holy together, and we're going to stick this out together. Just because we have disagreement doesn't mean you... I know people yet to move. I get it. There's people, there's different reasons why people go to different. I, I get that. But you get when you talk about it. You come to your pastor, you say, hey, what's going on? I need, I, got, I need some help. I need some direction. What do you think? We send people all the time to different places. It's not like, hey, if you're here, you got to stay here forever. That's not what I'm saying. But don't leave because the body is like inconsistent or we made a bad decision or whatever. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together. You're already standing. So why stay in church? Because it's still the body. And there's still hope in the body of Christ. There's still peace in the body. There's still resurrection power in the body. I want you to think about this. Those faithful saints who stayed with him were the ones who he chose to reveal the greatest miracle of all time. Those were the faithful saints that stuck it through. And God, I, I believe it. God says, I am going to reveal the empty tomb and the first vision of my resurrection to them. The greatest revelation of the New Testament church came to those saints that decided I'm not leaving the body. Father, I pray, I I, I want to honor you. I want to honor your spirit. I want to honor your plan that you put your, your spirit inside earthen vessels. And even though we may be weak, even though we may trample down, even though bad things might happen, oh God, we understand and we realize that your spirit is still alive. It's still here. It's still working even through these earthen vessels and these weak vessels. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder if you just lift your hands and just say, God, I want to be a faithful saint. I want to be faithful, God. Oh, God, I want to be counted with those. Those that are faithful, those that won't run, those that stick it through.
We want to thank the Lord for his spirit this morning and the blessings he poured out. And I thank you for coming here today. We do have some dinner prepared uh, to, for you to purchase. It's a fundraiser. Again, we're trying to raise money for all the activities that, the, that they were doing out for the pumpkin patch. And uh, so if you're going to go spend $12 somewhere, spend it here. Praise the Lord. Uh, I don't know how much it is, $12, $10, $12, something like that. Um, but it's a barbecue, baked potato stuffed, and there's bread pudding, all kinds of stuff, iced tea, I think. And then there's coffee for sale. By the way, uh, there's going to be coffee for sale. Now, the, the, the Folgers, the, the bad coffee's free. You're going to have all the bad coffee you want. It's free. But the good stuff now, the latte, the Americano, all that stuff, that's a fundraiser for the children's ministry. And uh, Sister Molly and Lauren are putting that, have put that together. So please uh, help yourself to that also. Praise God.